lights A bottle of red Perhaps a bottle of rosé instead Get a table near the street In our old familiar place You and I face to face It all depends upon your appetite I'll meet you anytime you want In our Italian restaurant Well, uh, welcome to The Wine Show. We are... Uh we're live from Mac Forbes' fabulous wine bar in Healesville. Uh, I'm joined today with uh, by Tim Shand, uh, winemaker at Punt Road. Good morning, Hello. Tim. Thanks for having us on. And uh, yes, we're, um, we've got a ripper show. So we've got a three-hour show today, a special um, extended version. And uh, as I say, we're, we're up in Healesville. It's a little... A little grey today. Yeah, it's a balmy eight degrees. <laughs> yes, uh, and the town's really, uh, really busy with the. Uh, they've got the monthly. Uh, yep. Sort of odds and sods odds. market. <laughs> the market. <laughs> so. Um, and I noticed that the Hillsville senior citizens have just put out their Devonshire tea sign. So. Fantastic. No reason not to come out and check out heels all this morning. Devonshire tea and then, then come and join us in the wine room from Indeed. eleven and uh, and have a glass of wine. Uh, so. Uh, We've, uh, we've got a great lineup today, so uh, we'll be talking in a little while to um, to Mac himself, Mac Forbes. Uh, Sarah Fagan from De Bordley is mm. going to come down. Uh, ben Payton from Payton and Jones. Just um, no Who's one really just cruised in actually to oh, check out the, the goings on. Uh, and James Halliday's going to to have a chat to us uh, about the release of the the Wine Companion Indeed. next week. Very exciting. Um, Caroline Mooney from Bird on a Wire and. Uh, Ben Hamilton's going to... Um, yeah, what's River chat. Brewing? Yep, what's River very exciting. Brewing? Yeah. Um, and Cam McKenzie from Four Pillars. Who's oh, we were doing well until we got to Cam. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so he'll regale us with some um, some gin stories. Yeah, that'll be fascinating. Good so, good gang. That's, yeah. It's Hillsville in a nutshell, I think, this I think morning. So, I reckon. It's uh, all of the uh, all of the personalities of the region, hey? So, uh, to, Tim, tell us a little bit more about... Um, about you and, and how you got into wine and how you sure. got into this, you know, now every wine that goes out the punt road door is uh, you're responsible for. I That's guess. right. All killers, no fillers. That's our <laughs> motto out at punt road. Mac enjoyed that. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to copy that. Um. <laughs> so the, um, so you, uh, you've got 150 acres yeah. of wine. Yeah, one of, the, one of the larger single vineyards in the Yarra Valley. There's, there's a couple of big ones. Shandong would have a, a larger vineyard and Debort's, Debortley over in Dixon's Creek would have a, a pretty sizable vineyard and we're right up there as well. Mm. Um, yeah, just on the corner of St Hubert's Road and Marinda Highway. So um, it just when you see that St Hubert's shed basically off, off the highway, that's us opposite. Um, yeah, yeah it's, it's a nice part of the world to grow grapes. It's where, where wine grape growing in the Yarra Valley actually kicked off. Yeah. Was the first planting at St Hubert's? Or? It was actually um, Hubert DeCostella's brother, Paul, over at Shadow Yering. Okay. Um, he planted at what is now Yering Station. 
Um, I don't think it went that well. I think they had a couple of bad years back to back, and Hubert sort of waded in and, and dug Paul out of out of his big hole. He, he dug for himself. Yeah. Um, bought that property, the the St Hubert's property, um, and much of what is now Coombe Farm. So Dave Nelly Melba's property was was yeah. undervined with with St Hubert's. Uh, and then at the same time, the Depuries were up the hill at Yeringberg, um, also yeah. planting vineyard, and that was all related to um, Governor Latrobe and, and his wife, who was who was from um, Switzerland. And so a lot of those Swiss early settlers sort of came on the promise of you know this is the the good life, you yeah, know, right. and, and she was going really well, so put the word out, and and they wanted to recreate a little bit of their own their own home country, I suppose. So it was yep. all about dairy and. Um, and cheese and, and wine, and, and it was the perfect climate. And, and it kind of still is. It kind of it, it all is, <laughs> except for a bit of beer. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it's really interesting, and, and also interesting that back then they were making wines that it's taken us, frankly, 120, 130 years to start making those wines again, you know, light-bodied, low-alcohol, savoury, mm. really classical European, I don't want to say European styles, but, you know, savoury styles first, not the, the ports and the sherries that kind of took over come... 1910 and into the First World War and, and really did in for the, the Yarra Valley wine industry because people just didn't drink the table more classical wine. table really? wines really? Um, for, for a long time, okay. which I guess with World War I, you wouldn't blame them for drinking something a bit stronger, but anyway, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> it's a bit heavy for a Sunday morning. <laughs> Definitely. Um, and so, uh, and obviously um, there was like the early plantings, but then there was phylloxera that wiped out a fair bit. And I think it's, You can't get a straight answer. You, you know, some people say there was phylloxera in the Aravelli and some, some say it was more um, just just the sort of unreliability of the climate and, and an yeah. inability to, um, to ripen grapes consistently. Some people say it was just dairy. You know, dairy was a, a more profitable, more, more sort of year-to-year consistent industry. And, and, yeah, and, right. and yeah, it seems people just struggled to make a dollar out of, out of grapes, to be honest. Right. Which probably did it in. Yeah, well, um, but thankfully it's uh, all been all coming back now. Oh, we're still struggling to make a dollar. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but um, yeah, no, it's it's certainly in terms of its international reputation and and, and the interest and the sophistication of the wines. Yeah, mm. well and truly back. Yeah, it, yeah, it is amazing how how many varietals there are now, and you know, uh, you know, and the public are becoming more confident to, to try new things. Yeah, that's right. But also just the style of wines, you know, that you know, the world's really come to the Yarra Valley, which is, is quite exciting. Mm. You know, when I when I started in wine I, I came out of uni in early two thousands and Clare Valley, McLaren Vale, Barossa were just juggernauts, you know, big big ripe styles of Shiraz, you know, even the Chardonnays were big back then. Um and, and for the world to sort of wake up and go, you know what, we actually want something a bit more sophisticated, a little more restrained, yeah. a little more elegant, and, and, it, and we're not going to just judge a wine by more and more and more. Um, and then that seems to be something that's evolving quickly. And then the variety just becomes the way to express that. So if it's Pinot, which is obviously Pinot Noir, which is a juggernaut in terms of popularity at the moment, but it could as easily be Gamay, it could be, it could be um, Cabernet Franc, it could be Sangiovese. Yeah. It's just a vehicle for expressing something that, that your region does, I suppose. So you're doing a Gamay, aren't you? We are. And we find it incredibly exciting. Recent? Um, it is. We only we only planted Gamay in 2014, and obviously it's a grape that hails from, from the Beaujolais region of France. If, if So if anyone's thinking, what the hell is Gamay? If they've had a Beaujolais, there's a fair chance they've had a Gamay. Okay. Um, what what Gamay does is it, it just handles the heat a bit better. You know, the, the valley has warm vintages and it's got warm sites that, you know, we talk about cool climate a lot, but there's there's places in the Yarra Valley that get pretty warm, especially in a year like 2019. All, all the Melburnians listening would know we had a pretty hot summer. Yeah, yeah. And so you look for a bit of 
insurance is a bit of a, a boring word, but you look for a bit of insurance in those warmer years when maybe Pinot won't be spectacular. You look for something else to step up. Yep. Um, and we just find in the hot days, Gamay just sings. You know, it retains its freshness and its acidity as fruit. Yep. Um, and still gives you the, you know, all the complexity and the depth and, and layers that we love about Pinot Noir. You seem to be able to achieve with Gamay as well in a in a warmer year. And so, what sort of food are you having? You know, you're matching um, Gamay with? with with well, with just to step back to the making, you are trying to make it a little bit um, that sort of. Um, those secondary undergrowth, you know, quite savoury, me- even meaty sort of characters with Gamay. So it is, okay. it is a it is a wine that tends to pair well with with meats that have got a bit a bit of sting to them. You know, like a, a bit gamey. So charcuterie type. Yeah, definitely charcuterie or, or venison, something with a bit of of, of kick. Yeah. I reckon is, is where Gamay sort of sings. Okay. Yeah. Um, is it? Is it the one that you make with the in the goon bag? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and everyone's just <laughs> switched off. <laughs> it, it, it's it's a good way to sort of uh, visually describe what we do, but it, it's just a gigantic goon bag. Yeah. So it's it, so what it, is that keeping the air out of? Yeah, so it's it's something we messed around with. We, we we talk a lot in the valley about not being over extractive with our red wines, so not beating the hell out of them when they're macerating, when the when the wines on the skins during that fermentation period. If you over if you overcook or over overwork wines at that point you get lots of tannin you dry the fruit out and you end up with this really you know hard work wine that probably take 30 years to, to be able to drink yeah right. <laughs> so the theory was we'd, we'd pump the grapes the the gamay grapes into um into these yeah giant goon bags 1000 liter cube mm. bags and we could make them inert we could close them up and that fermentation could happen without any pro any any pumping over or any plunging just these berries sitting in these bags happily doing their thing yeah um, in completely in in the absence of oxygen, ostensibly, mm-hmm. um, so a little bit of a carbonic maceration effect, but but really just a gentle, slow, natural fermentation, and then once that fermentation's ceased and there's no more CO two being produced by the yeast, we've got the ability to close them up and walk away. So you get a very long maceration on the skins. Instead of pressing the wine, we actually leave it um, for up to two months in oh, in man. that very inert condition, in very good condition because yep. there's no oxygen getting in. Um, but you're getting these really interesting flavours start to come out of the grapes that you wouldn't have got if you just pressed it at the end of ferment. Right. And so that it goes straight from being crushed? Straight in. Straight in. And then we walk bit. away. Yeah. You know, you've got the ability to, to not do anything, whereas your average sort of red wine ferment, you'd have to come back to it, you know, two or three times a day, keep the cap wet because yeah. the skins rise with the CO2 from the yeast and you'd have to work it and, and, and keep trying to get that colour and, and flavour. Mm. Um, but yeah, this gives us the opportunity just to walk away. So, is that recent technology, or where do you find that? <laughs> That's just innovation using yeah. old old technology. I think. Um, look, it's it's just mimicking a, a couple of things that people have probably been doing for a hundred years, but just in a kind of sane way. That's not yeah. too much hard work and re-engineering. That's uh, it, certainly there's a there's a video that I saw, um, which it looks yeah looks great. Maybe it was on your Instagram. Yeah, it could have been. Yeah, yeah. yep. Um, so you you have a couple of different ranges, uh, well three mm. probably. Uh, so there's the the main Punt Road, yeah, uh, the people's champion of the Yarra Valley. We call Punt Road. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, <laughs> it's sort of everything to everybody. You can you can have a Pinot on a Wednesday night that will blow your socks off, and then if you need something a bit specky to put down for your fiftieth anniversary, it's it's our Cabernet. So yeah, we we do try to cover a lot of bases with Punt Road, and it's it's got a very loyal following in Melbourne. We, yeah. we find a lot of people really. You know, they'll come up to you and say, oh, I was, you know, the, we had it at my son's 21st or we, you know, we always celebrate with a pun road and, and you go, yeah, that's yeah. cool. Yeah, that is cool. Mm. Uh, and so then there's the, the Early Bank range. Yeah, that we, we're very lucky. We've got a distributor in particularly Melbourne, but they, they, they work out of Sydney and Brisbane as well. 
who who deal with the best restaurants and and sort of gastro pubs and and bistros in Melbourne, and they need wines that have tell a bit of a story, but um, possibly are a little unique as well. So mm-hmm. the restaurant can can have a story that that they can tell their customers. Yeah. Uh, and the Ellie Banks work really well. We just take the, the fruit off the Napoleon Vineyard. We insert a little bit of imaginative winemaking so that there's there's a bit of thought behind the wines. Yep. Um, but they, to be honest, they, they they pour quite relatively cheaply. Well, we certainly sell them cheaply. I can't always guarantee the <laughs> restaurants sell them cheaply. But, well, um, it gives people the chance to have a good wine, you know, good glass of wine by the pour at let's say ten bucks. Yep. Okay. Good. So it's a yeah, it's just an on premise. On yeah. Uh, yeah, it sounds terrible to say on premise, but it's actually a super cool part of the market because it's people yeah. who are experimenting, people who are out for a nice dinner or whatever, wanting to try something different. Yeah, right. And do the sommeliers and winemakers and barmen, do they sort of explain and connect it to Punk Yeah, Road? and this is, the, yeah, this is the great thing about Melbourne is we've now got this group of people who are able to tell the story for us. Mm. Um, you know, I, I don't tend to spend a lot of time talking to customers direct because there's too many of them to, to yeah, get that message around. But you've now got this group of people who can... And they come out to the winery. You know, it's only 40 minutes from the CBD to, mm. to, Melbourne, to, to Punt Road, so... Um, they'll come out. They'll they'll hear the stories. They'll see the wine getting put together. You know, we've got the city wine shop guys out next week pruning a block. Oh, really? You know, they they really want to get their hands dirty. They want to yeah. get amongst it. They love wine. And um, and so they you're making wanna... them earn it, though. Oh, my look. <laughs> <laughs> Although lunch does come pretty early. The, the drinks flow pretty early with the city wine shop crew. They yeah, yeah. <laughs> one hour pruning, two hours drinking, oh, <laughs> and then probably no more pruning. After that. <laughs> Um, and, and so, yeah, we've got this group of people who didn't exist 20 or 30 years ago yeah. who are putting their hands up to, to communicate what your wines are about. And it's like, okay, go, you go do mm. that. That's fine. Mm. Uh, great way to have them um, keep it top of mind. Mm. Uh, so people can come out to the cellar door, um, as you said, and that's every day? Every day of the week, 10 till 5. Yeah, spot on. And it's it's a lovely cellar door in that it's it's not going to blow your head off. It's just friendly, yep. very low-key. You can have a game of bocce. You can, you can use the giant... Um, Jenga, if if you would like, it's, it, we're just trying to, you know, there's there's a certain winery. There's a cool backyard out there. That's there, right, exactly. And and the the staff are all about the guys in the cellar door are all about just talking about the wines, but not, you know, inundating people with ridiculous information. They just want to help and they yep. want to answer questions. Um, and you know, you can you can BYO barbecue, you can do whatever you want, really. It's it's anything goes. That's cool. Is, yeah, it's yeah. good in this day and age. So you, do you get some groups coming? You know, people yeah, sort yeah. of arranging to meet. Yeah, my word. Yeah. Yep, yep, for sure. Everything from well, I mean, the the, the ones we try to avoid are the hens nights. So <laughs> any hens out there, don't bother. <laughs> <laughs> don't need a load of. Yeah, no, we don't need the penis straws. That's for sure. And, <laughs> oops. Uh, yeah, no, there's no there's no button. That's right. Um, <laughs> Um, yeah, no, the, the groups where people just want to get, you know, 10 or 12 mates together and, and come and have a look at what the Valley's doing, perfect for that. Yep. Yep. Yeah, sure. Just no blokes with um, wedding Yeah, gown, the bloke equivalent. Gowns on. And <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, so your range, uh, as we also said, there was, so you've got some single block. Um, yeah. Right, so in the good years, you you will release. Yeah. The, um, when when you're a winemaker, you always you, you make these these blends um, for, for Punt Road, and you're always just a little bit sad that there's there's two or three barrels from a particular part of the vineyard that just really really blow your head off, and it seems a shame not to put that into a bottle and and let people enjoy it. So so we've been given license to to you know when it when it warrants. Um, put something aside, you know, just say, oh, gee, that, that couple of rows in the vineyard, that Cabernet or that Chardonnay look really good this year, you know, the, the vintage suited Cabernet this year, for example. And there was this specific part of what is quite a large vineyard that just really shone. Yep. We'll put those barrels to the side and, and we'll see how they evolve over the next 12 or 18 months. And if, if at the end of that process they still look 
spectacular. We'll bottle them um, under this this block label. Mm-hmm. So always from a single block of the vineyard, which is a variety in the vineyard. We've got 16 blocks. And only in, in those years, which really you can put your hand on your heart, look people in the eye and say, this is as good as we can do. This, yeah. is, this is it. Yeah. Um, and then we just do it in the cellar door so you can tell that story. So the, the 17, so they, like 2017, they're the current. Yeah, and, and 17 was a lovely year. Mm. Um, the best years in the Yarra Valley are these years where you don't quite, you're not quite sure if it's if it's going to all go to proverbial in a heartbeat. You know, right. just years that really make you sweat. Uh, they could be a bit wetter, a bit cooler. Um, but then you get these lovely runs of days as well. Um, not too hot, obviously. Um, and then, yeah, you're, ju- you're just sweating from October right through to March, basically, yeah. as to whether it's any good. And then suddenly you've got, you find, because you get an elongated ripening process, um, that it's all been worth it because you've built up these incredible flavours and, and intensity of flavour. And um, yeah, they're the great vintages, so 15, 17. Mm. Um, and 19 was down on, on uh, volume. But yeah, volume. just a weird flowering. And, and that's, that's, the, that's the sort of... Um, the, the perils of cool climate viticulture is that that spring period when the vines are flowering and, and setting a crop. Yeah. If you get some inclement weather, which you know one out of two years we do, the the crop doesn't set evenly, and, and you end up with with flowers that don't turn into berries ostensibly, and yeah, you right. lose a lot of crop real quick. And then then we had a heat wave, didn't we? Just yeah, just before. to back it up. <laughs> and that that's the Yarra Valley. Yeah. You know, and that's why we and love it's it. Farming, and that's why we hate it at the yeah. same time. It's a cruel mistress. Yes. Um. Yeah. It. it, it it giveth and taketh away the Yarra Valley, and and that's and then that's part of why it's a premium region. Yeah, is you've got to you've got to run that line. Uh, so, what's your your philosophy? You know, you've got you got these, um, you know, sixteen blocks, and mm. and you know, you obviously you work with with a viticulturalist um, to to sort of grow great plants, to yep. give you great fruit. Yes. Um, so, from that point, are you, uh, you know, minimum? minimal intervention sort of thing is what something i read but yeah look i I think minimal intervention it's it's rational intervention you know it's 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 not throwing the baby out with the bathroom and say we do nothing we're just going to let the the vineyard take over and just go and see what what we get out of it at the end of the harvest it's it's just got to be rational that's that's in the vineyard and the winery i I think we went a little too far this is as a, a broader group of winemakers in australia possibly flirted a bit too much with with doing nothing as this sort of catch cry of you know we're not, we're not mm. going to do anything and that's it's a bit of a cop out frankly it's, not, it's yeah. yeah there's not there's commercially things, well yeah not commercially either. sound of course yeah. but to be honest not quality sound either you, you, i think I'm, my personal philosophy and this isn't this isn't universal is that you act when you need to act and yeah. and you know you, you have a responsibility to to your customers to to make something that's quite pleasurable yeah. Yeah. enough indeed absolutely because <laughs> um, you, you spend all this time getting them onto your brand you don't want to correct and and that is that's also a good point that you know people who, who drink punt road who, who go into black hearts and sparrows and get a bottle on a on a wednesday night they've got a pretty good idea what they want mm. they, they want something that looks like yarra valley pinot they, they've seen our house style over the years and, and we don't want to upset the apple cart too much as well whereas yeah. if they're in the let's experiment out of you know the funky part of the loire valley yeah okay they might be up for anything yeah um but that's maybe not our customer <laughs> not yours, yeah. <laughs> um now speaking of wanting things we've got a uh, producer wanting to go to a break so we'll come back and we'll have a bit more of a chat um about punt road and sure things. but uh, i think we should have a chat with with mac in a minute we'll so yeah he's let's... looking quite relaxed over there he's ready uh, sitting in the green room at, uh, <laughs> at, at the uh, the grace Burn... it's dom dom perignon on, in the green room free pour all day yeah so <laughs> grace burn wine room come and uh, come and visit guys uh, okay so we'll go to a break and we'll be back in uh, in, a sh- in a little bit <laughs> 